The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. Welcome to B-Movies and Ebooks. I'm Craig Wade. And I'm Brian Allen Delaney. And this is episode 86. We are talking The Turtle Boy by Keelan Patrick Burke. What? Just, sorry, it's just, the title's funny to the, me. The Turtle Boy. <laughs> yeah, and plus, like, you know, we, we generally do, like, horror stuff. Uh-huh. And I mean, and this is technically, like, a horror book, but it's like, we're talking The Turtle Boy. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah, yeah. So we're talking that and the Belco experiment. Uh, I, I think that actually hit this past week, so we're fairly current on something. I mean, uh, it weird. hit video this past week. <laughs> oh yeah, it's been out for, since like March. Yeah. Um. But before we get into any of that, what are you up to? Uh, not much. I guess. Happy Father's Day. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, to you. Thanks. You're no that that's it. That's been my entire weekend. <laughs> Just mustering up enough uh, a fake uh, courage. <laughs> courage. <laughs> a fake happy Father's concern Day. To tell you Happy Father's Day. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, uh, um, no well, thank you, know. man. Um, everything's been good. Uh, I, I saw a couple movies. What'd you see? Besides the one that we're we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to talk about any of those. Sure. Yeah, I saw one too. So let's talk. Okay. Um, so, uh, I don't know. Did we ever talk about Alien Covenant? We did, right? Yeah. I believe okay. so. So we'll skip that one. We'll skip that one. Uh, I saw that movie Life with, with oh, Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal and Ryan good? Reynolds. Um, y- yeah. Hold on a second. You're really, really scrambled sounding. Oh, really? S- still? Yeah. Oh like, no. I- I'm ba- I'm barely getting anything. It's just going. <laughs> All right. Let's see if we can fix that. Hold on, audience. All right. Yeah, I think we fixed the audio issue. So anyway, how was life? Oh, uh, it was good, kinda. All right, so like it was a, it was like kind of a fairly predictable rom com. Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds and Jake Gyllenhaal made quite the on screen couple. Uh huh. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, like it was your typical alien in a ship thing, you know, like the movie Alien Star Six. <laughs> uh, yeah, I heard that it was basically an alien reboot. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it was a little ridiculous at parts, though, because the alien started off really small. And so it was like a starfish killing people, basically. Oh, really? Is what it looked like. <coughs> but I would say uh, overall, it, it was it was pretty good. Um, the ending made the movie like so much better. The was it was like great. a Bollywood style life? Da, 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 you know, like. <laughs> no, that would have been great. But I think that might have been the only way to improve upon it. <laughs> yeah. So overall, you liked it or no? Yeah, I liked it. I mean, it wasn't like the best movie ever. Um, I've heard good things. It was, actually, it was interesting. I I think that that film would have done a lot better at the box office if it wasn't called Life. Yeah. It makes it feel like a drama coming of age movie or something. Yeah. My gosh. I'm not sure if that's my dog or the neighbor's dog, but that dog needs to be quiet. What about that dog, though? <laughs> Do you hear it? No. I think it's, just, it's you said dog three times in the same sentence. <laughs> I know. I know. I really should get a thesaurus. <laughs> I don't know if that's my that canine, canine or the neighbor's <laughs> dog. <laughs> 
<laughs> but anyway, yeah. Well, if you can hear that, I, I apologize. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah. Our f- fucking neighbors, like, they moved in with this dog, right? And it, mm-hmm. it's fucking eating holes in the fence. <laughs> and not only that, that's the side of the fence that I'm responsible for changing. <laughs> Like, cause you know, I'm responsible for one side and not the other. And yeah, it's like, oh, okay. My dog's going to eat holes in it. Like, great. This is awesome. What kind of dog is it? I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I've never (laughs) seen it. (laughs) I only hear it. Like, but, uh, it's, it's big. I see it shadow sometime. (laughs) There's no excuse for me not knowing what kind of dog this is. Right. I just think it's funny because, like, the way you're describing it is like, you know, the, the nothing from Neverending Story or something like that. No, like, I just see a shadow going through the little gaps in the fence, but I've never uh-huh. really been that curious other than just like, man, I hate that dog. <laughs> to turn your head and look through the fence. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a peeper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, over the past week, I saw It Comes at Night. Oh, yeah, yeah. How was um, that? Well, A, it was horribly mismarketed as a horror mm-hmm. movie about something coming at night. Spoiler alert, uh-huh. nothing comes at night. It's all during the day? No, nothing comes. Like, <laughs> like it's just a, just like a film about um, a virus sweeping America. Or I don't even know. I mean, I guess it's America. No one has accents. But... <laughs> Or they have American accents, but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it, like it, does, it's real sparse on the details as far as what they're fighting, what they're afraid of, you know, and horribly, horribly depressing post-apocalyptic tale. That Sounds said, like my kind of movie. That said, I mean, it was a good movie. I was just like. Well, you, you know, before I saw it, I was like, yeah, I'm going to see this. Heard it's heard it's a little little bit of a downer and kind of mean spirited. But whatever. I'll, you know, eat, eat my feelings. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what we were talking about. Yeah. All right. And like, oh, OK, no, this is like not like a horror movie at all. It's just like a sad drama that like, oh, no. Oh, God. And halfway through, you get the feeling like. I know exactly where this is heading, and it's not going to be nice. And then it goes there, and you're just like, oh, wow. Wow. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, I would say recommend, like, I recommend it if you like sad, bleak dramas, kind of like The Road. Mm-hmm. I still never saw that. Uh, it's kind of this, but just with more walking and cannibals. Okay, so since since I haven't seen this either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it's no really frame helpful. of reference. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Um, um, let's see. Hold on. I, I, I saw another thing that, uh, like, you've talked about on here. I don't think I even mentioned I watched it. Or maybe I did. I saw Get Out. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of, one of your top movies of last year, right? Mm, no, it came out this year. <laughs> I, I think I just talked about it, but no. So... I, so it, yeah okay um really good i liked it a lot yeah yeah, yeah. Def- definitely entertaining um so yeah i don't remember exactly what i was gonna say about it but that's it i think what i'm gonna start doing is when people say like yeah i saw get out i'm gonna be like get out <laughs> <laughs> i just okay all right all right hold on uh-huh. Because I don't know if you're keeping any of that, like, no. like the fact that we're having technical difficulties in here, <laughs> but the fact that like <laughs> you, you said this joke, right? And the microphone cut out and I couldn't hear you. And so we restarted <laughs> just so for me to make this same, just not good joke. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what happens. Um, Ooh. Okay, so there's, I I forget what, uh, and I guess I could look it up. There's a new web series, actually, that looks pretty good. What's Um, it about? It's called Snatchers. It premiered at Sundance. It's a TV series. Um, 
Let me pull up the the thing, the summary. But okay, after status obsessed t- teen Sarah has sex for the first time, she wake up wakes up the next day nine months pregnant with an alien. Neat. Yeah, it looks bizarre, and it, it's divided into eight episodes that are eight minutes long. <laughs> and hold on, it's getting weirder. It's premiering on Go ninety. What what the hell is that? Yeah. So, Go90 is a virgin... Uh, hold on. No, no, no. Uh, anyway. Yeah, it's Go90 and Saga are the channels that this is coming on. And it's Verizon. Um, it's a TV streaming service uh, sponsored by Verizon. Or owned by Verizon. So, I'm going to wait for that to hit DVD or the web in any other <laughs> format because I'm not about to be like, yeah, Verizon. But I think I think this might be one of those things that's uh, kind of a carte blanche thing whenever you have a Verizon phone. So, if you have it and you have access to Go90, I, I would say check it out. Like, the production quality looks good and it looks funny. Like, so it, it kind of looks like it has that spirit of, uh, did you ever see Bad Milo? Mm, no i remember the name but i can't remember what it was it was ken marino wakes up with an ass demon oh yeah yeah yeah. no i never saw it kind of looks like it has that tone uh where it's fun funny <laughs> yeah. horror, but also totally horror but just funny you know hmm. so snatchers snatchers so anyway um but uh, the other thing, oh, do you have any other news this week? Uh, probably not. <laughs> All right. Great. Um, the other thing, and I wish I could find it. Son of a bitch. I need to write this stuff yeah. down. We we did really good last episode about like writing down and getting good. And then I, I had these notes, but they just are literally like bullet points with not enough. <laughs> It's just a bullet point and a question mark. Like, I don't remember what that is. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I was going to say, and this isn't just huge news or anything, but to people that are fans of extreme horror, it's kind of uh, kind of cool, kind of crazy. Um, the uh, Okay, Sam West. Extreme horror writer Sam West. Fairly well known. We've, we haven't covered anything on... The show by Sam West, but uh, came out this week as um, being a pen name. Uh, I I don't know if she's going to go by the real her real name or not, but she definitely came out. Colette Metcalf is actually Sam West, and it proceeded to blow a lot of people's minds. I don't know why. why? I don't know why. You have to say what, why. Well, I think a lot of it was. Uh, uh, people had in mind who was writing this because they, you know, there were pictures of Sam West and it's a male. And then all of a sudden it's Colette Metcalf. You know, it'd be weird if all of a sudden Matt Shaw, <laughs> friend of the show, Matt Shaw was like, you know, a, a, <laughs> a, a totally different person. <laughs> yeah. And so I think what happened was she used like her, her husband's photo. Uh, okay and so anyway it's kind of cool but i i don't know why to me that's always kind of cool like whenever uh people with pseudonyms you know come out as like i'm actually so and so you know mm-hmm. dude you'd you'd flip your shit if banksy <laughs> if like patrick stewart was like banksy <laughs> huh <laughs> Did you say Banksy? Yeah, if Patrick Stewart all of a sudden was like, I've been Banksy the whole time, you'd flip your shit. <laughs> well, that would just be weird. <laughs> but, no, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess. All right, well, I'll who, cut that one out. So, no, I mean, who who is Colette? What's her, what was her Colette name? Colette Metcalf. Yeah, I... I don't think she's written anything. I mean, is she under like another regular name? author no. or anything? <coughs> well, I mean, see, because that that would be kind of weird to, to like you know like a Richard Bachman Stephen King type situation, mm-hmm. which is funny because those are both like pen names, right? <laughs> no, Stephen King's his real name. Is it? Yeah, I could have swore he. Che- 
anyway, um, yeah. So it's like that would be kind of a weird, you know. That's an interesting situation to me. Whenever like someone's already famous and then they decide to make a pin name. Yeah, didn't J.K. Rowling do that a few years back? Um, I think so. She she wrote another book that was under a different name. So yes, she did do that exact thing we're talking about. I think a lot of <laughs> this person's, you know, I don't know who Colette Met- Metcalf is, uh, but I do know that Sam West stuff go- gets really, really extreme horror, you know, very mm-hmm. graphic. And I think mm-hmm. that that was the reason for using a pseudonym. You know, sometimes some people don't really want their family and friends that are going you know, to pity buy a book, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'll totally read your book. <laughs> and, oh, oh you, God. Can you, you imagine, like, your grandma buying a book just because it's like, my grandson wrote a book. <laughs> yeah, and, and then, then it just being like, <laughs> yeah, I think we, you know, we already have done that with with punk rock music. Like, oh, yeah, your CD. Oh, I'll buy your CD. Like, thanks. And then it's just like really fast and not, not at all what they're, they're into. So yeah, I can Uh, understand, but, uh, anyway, I don't know. I always think it's kind of cool. So yeah. Uh, The one that really blew my mind was a, uh, I like whenever erotica authors come forward as well-known authors (laughs) like, uh, like Chris Tingle, Chuck Tingle. And we Chuck don't. Tingle? We don't know who that is, really. But I know. Melinda Duchamp uh, turned out was a horror author. Uh, God, I'm blanking on his name. <laughs> uh, uh, Jack Kilburn, uh, J. A. Conrath. <laughs> he he goes by two mm-hmm. regular names, but yeah, his name J. A. Conrath. But anyway, it, I always think that's fun. Anyway, I've wasted y'all's time with that segment. I evidently so. You've, yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. They can't all be winners. <laughs> yeah, they can't all be as riveting as just talking about the neighbor's dog. <laughs> <laughs> so what's funny is I think that has been the most entertaining conversation we've had today. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, what do you want to jump into? Because I just because I just pictured you in the backyard with you know like the, the wolf from Never Ending Story, and it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I don't know. Those neighbors are, are weird. Like they, I, I'm, I've never seen them. That's the other weird thing. I've seen them once. He mowed his yard one time. So, so, so how do you know they exist? Because they let their dog in and out. A dog that I can't how see. Do you know it's not a random dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean some sort of street dog. That's there's squatting. a car in their in their driveway sometimes. But I'm convinced maybe the dog's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> We'll keep everybody updated on the situation. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just odd that my next door neighbors, I just never seen. I couldn't pick them out of the lineup. But my other next door neighbors out all the time. Other neighbors. Yeah. Hey, yeah, we're hanging out, you know. But now these people are just like holed up in their walls. (laughs) Anyway. Well, we'll make sure that we have an update. On like the next episode, which is probably our three year special. (laughs) Oh, Yeah. (laughs) Are we going to do anything cool? Uh, we had talked about doing <laughs> the the show with the other people. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a show with people. All right. Well, let's jump into what do you want to cover first? Uh, Turtle let's Boy? Do book first. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. Yeah. Two versus three, nerds with beers and opinions. A podcast on the B&E Network, hosted by Cody O, Kyle Hodge, and Greg Moser. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and... Episodes available at iTunes, Stitcher, and... <laughs> episodes available at the B&E Network... <laughs> <laughs> episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher... <laughs> And giggle fits. <laughs> Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and bmoviesandebooks.com. And we're back. We're talking Turtle Boy by Keelan Patrick Burke. So, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, yeah. You're... Yeah, it's just you had like a, a little bit of a... You know, when you said and it did that thing where like you know it stretches out the waveform 
Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and it was like, I don't know. Uh, I just okay. ran with it. I'm sure it wasn't recorded, but it was just funny to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You. We're having we're having a lot of technical difficulties today. Yeah, our producer's <laughs> not here today. Or <laughs> <laughs> ever. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, Turtle Boy, Keelan Patrick Burke. Um, this is only the second Keelan Patrick Burke novella that I've ever read. What was uh, the first one? Hard or Sour Candy. Mm-hmm. It, it's really good. Remember that was the one that I said we ought to cover that I had already yeah, read? And and then we read the Turtle Boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well the Turtle Boy was free. Yeah. I, basically I saved you three dollars. Thanks, but, buddy. But anyway, so this is uh this won a uh, Stoker Stoker Award. I always say Stroker <laughs> Award, and something tells me that's different. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, this won a uh, Bram Stoker Award, uh, which is a, a huge honor to anybody. Yeah. Um, and I just can't believe the guy's still out there giving awards. <laughs> That's so. St- <laughs> oh man, our audio paused. Hey. Hold on, hold on. I- I'm gonna. Uh, we'll have to take it from that joke. For- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> reset. Uh-huh. <laughs> we have to reset to that joke so we can get a better take. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, <laughs> uh, okay. So this is the winner of the Bram Stoker Award and the first book in the Timmy Quinn series. Mm-hmm. Uh. If you put a gun to my head, I could not name the other books in the Timmy Quinn series. <laughs> but um, anyway, well, uh, to be fair, you, you probably didn't research it either. I did not at all. There you but, go. Okay, so <laughs> summer's just begun. An 11 year old Timmy Quinn and his best friend Pete are looking for something to do in their small, boring town of Delaware. <laughs> wow, I'm in <laughs> the Delaware. Town of Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> They go down to Myers Pond where they discover an odd-looking boy sitting on the bank. Uh, after that, it doesn't really say anything. I think, in fact, I think that wasn't even an official <laughs> summary. That's off a user review. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, but that's, uh, that's props to that user because that's a pretty, pretty. Because it fooled you. Mm-hmm. Totes fooled. <laughs> Anyway, um, so basically yeah, so, they go down there and they see this creepy ass kid. Doesn't look quite right. Yeah. Doesn't look quite uh, like a normal boy at all. And he's feeding yeah. his foot to turtles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. His own feet, not just like feet that he has with him. You know, he's he's dipping his foot into the pond feeding yeah. turtles. Okay, <clears throat> so... um. Yeah, I mean that's 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 basically the plot. Well, I mean there's there's more to it, but I don't want to like give it all completely away. Mm-hmm. But that's the setup, right? Um, two ten-year-old boys, uh, you know, during summer vacation, doing what ten-year-old boys do, which is going to places that they probably shouldn't be going, mm-hmm. and uh, meeting turtle people. <laughs> you know, normal we've all, we've normal all. summer activities. Um, I did. Okay, so wait, where do you want to start with this? Um, well, let's just get our overall takes at first. Um, in general, uh-huh. I, I think I liked it. Okay, I, I, I could see the writing style being a turnoff to a lot of people. Oh, really? Why? Uh, well, no, no, not to me personally. No, no, uh, no, no. I actually really enjoyed it, but I could see because it's very. Descriptive? Very verbose. Yeah. yeah. Like compared to some of the other stuff we've read here, especially, um, it was it was more like world building. Uh, it, it wasn't Lovecraftian or anything like that, but like just how he went into description of it. Um, I did find it, it, it amusing how like all of the inanimate objects in the book, mm-hmm. like trees and, and stuff like that, were always like heavily anthropomorphic, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then and then all the descriptions of people were like 
uh, objectified sort of thing. Like, um, I guess I didn't know, it catch talks that. about it, it was, I don't know if it was like a conscious decision, but I, mean, I guess he wrote it, the words down. So he probably was thinking about it, but, um, but like there was a, a passage where it was talking about, um, trees. Right. And it was talking about like, uh, I don't remember the exact thing, but like mangled arms that were whatever reaching up. Um, and then later he was talking about, um, you know, the description of someone's eyes and he called them like emeralds, you know, or like um, a description of Pete was like faded dots on a page or whatever when he was talking about his freckles. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like everything that was inanimate was humanized and everything that was humanized was like described as something inanimate. Yeah. Which I think it was kind of neat. Um, I I never thought about it that way. To me, it was just like, ah, okay. (laughs) <laughs> like, <laughs> I okay here's some here's some words <laughs> oh shit i better skip them um <laughs> there's a lot of them here um but no i i i picked up the you know that uh the uh, trees and or all the, the details as far as the atmosphere, the environment around there, you know, there was a lot of uh, personification on that, but I didn't pick up that yeah. the the characters were objectified. But oh, I actually highlight highlighted the trees thing because it says the land was framed by dying walnut trees, rotten arms severed by lightning long gone, poking up into the sky as if vying for the attention of a deity who could save them. Like everything's described like that. Yeah. <laughs> so if 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 um cuz but some I didn't of it, find that it was like uh, overly verbose. Like you know no, no, it was no. very it was it was really neat descriptions, I think. Mm-hmm. But um it could be I think to a um to a more cynical reader, <coughs> it could be uh misconstrued as padding. <laughs> yeah, or or just like over dramatic. Yeah, I mean, and and I think that does turn off some people. Not me. I kind of liked it. Um, I thought it was interesting because uh, everything had this very very specific description like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me painted a uh, very detailed picture. But I know, you know, some people aren't into that. Yeah, but. I think uh, if if. I read this when we first started the podcast. I probably would have been like, uh, you know, like a little more turned off because I do, especially when we first started the podcast, I really, really liked like Jeff Strand, his writing. And uh, he has a tendency to give you details, but not go overly like over the top, you know? So it's just yeah. kind of like a, just the facts <laughs> type situation. And I like that a lot. Uh, now I have gotten into more, uh, you know, I, I've been exposed to a lot of different writing and I've gotten into, um, much more accepting of overly verbose stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And so honestly, I don't, if I never did make that kind of transition, I don't think I could have gotten through House of Leaves. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I would have just blown my brains out halfway through, or just quit reading. That's probably a lot easier. But um, which is what you did first trying to do it? Do what? Yeah, exactly. Which is what you did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I made it uh, almost a hundred pages and quit for what four years? It was a year before we started the podcast that I tried to read House of Leaves and was like, nope. <laughs> But yeah, so anyway, um, no, I really, really liked it. I will say that the writing style as far as like page count was somewhat low, but, but it was very dense was something I was expecting because that was how sour candy was. Um, so I, I definitely was expecting the writing style and maybe that's why it was a little less jarring. Um, I was sour candy, this descriptive and stuff. Yes. Yes, okay. it, but um, but there was less environment. It was just extremely. I don't even know that it was is descriptive. It's been a while since I read it, uh, but it was like eighty pages, and I was like, "Cool, I'll knock this out in an hour." Because I had like a three hour flight. It took most of the flight, 
because it yeah. wasn't like it was very dense. I, that's all I remember. Yeah, I was just wondering if like the descriptions were this well, um, you know, humanized or whatever, or this imaginative because it was dealing with a ten-year-old boy. Well, you know, and it was that's kind the of problem. Sour candy was also dealing with a ten-year-old yeah, boy. That's, yeah, that's what I was going to get back to. Um, just because, uh, like, you know, the whole plot of this is, um, you know, a kid running around in the summer, you know, a- and I guess through their eyes, things are a little bit more magical <laughs> or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, um, everything's cooler, you know, like, oh, look at that sweet ass tree and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> Yeah. When's the last time you've said that, Craig? Um, actually, a few days ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I looked up and, and there was a bird in my tree. I was like, "Hey, that tree's kind of cool." That was That's literally a sweet ass bird. And then I was like, "Oh, back to my mortgage and bills because I'm an adult." <laughs> uh, but no, like, uh, okay, so this book actually this hit me right in the sweet spot because. I, out of anything horror related, and I love horror, my absolute favorites ever are coming of age tales where people are set to conquer monsters, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like, like, it, Monster Squad, Monster Squad, Stranger Things. I mean, I don't know that that's as high up on my list as it or Monster Squad. But, I mean, that was why I loved it. Now, there's not too many things like that, you know? Like, there's not a, a whole ton of stories like that. Do you consider um, the Goonies? Yes. I consider the... I mean, it's not horror, it's but not it's monster, the same type like, thing. Yeah. Um, little kid adventure movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like them whenever they're, they have a little bit of a harder edge to them. Uh-huh. Like, the Goonies... <sighs> yes, it has a few... Uh, Moments that are no longer politically correct or anything like that, but but I, I do like when they have a little more edge to it, kind of like yeah. yeah. You know. I mean, Josh Brolin's trying to murder these children the entire time. So I mean, there's that. And Josh Brolin wasn't trying to murder them. He was almost. Oh no, murdered. he was. Yeah, he. Uh, he. Sorry, he was the brother. Yeah, they um, tossed him down a cliff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, he may. <laughs> He wasn't trying to murder him on purpose. Um, no, no, no. But I mean, like, you do have these mobsters, you know, running around trying to kill these children. Oh, yeah. And stuff. So, I mean, it's not like it's 100% squeaky clean. Yeah. Like, I don't know. No, I don't, go I don't like whenever they're 100% squeaky clean. But at the, because our childhood wasn't. Like, <laughs> it wasn't like it's not like we sat around looking at baseball cards and chewing bubble gum. <laughs> no, you know. we were we were out going through the woods finding these pawns and stuff yeah, in the back. We were like neat woods <laughs> porn and then breaking bottles yeah. and shit. <laughs> like <laughs> like finding cigarettes and smoking them and stuff like that. Like not finding cigarettes not, by the woods. Not porn. the ones in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, that's more how our childhood kind of was. And so that's what I I I enjoy, you know. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, but so yeah, for that <laughs> reason, thinking, you know, because our childhood, we fought a lot of monsters. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> no, yeah, that's why. Like, no, um, so uh, so to me, this is exactly what I could relate so much to it, and this is exactly what I'm looking for in a book, as far as thematically. Yeah. Okay, so I knew that this was part of a series. Mm-hmm. I did not. I thought that it was going to be more of a standalone tale since it won the Bram Stoker, the Bram Stoker, <laughs> Ram Strokers. <laughs> um, no, but since it won a Stoker, I, I assumed that it was going to be more of a a tale that they, you know, totally self-contained. And it's not that it wasn't. It's just that ending uh, was off-putting to me. Because uh-huh. it was like, oh, I have so many questions and they're unanswered. You know, it, it, we've talked about it many times. It's like the Super Mario uh, movie ending. 
And it's cool if you want to get into a series, but you know, it's it's user error that I assume that it would be self-contained because yeah, I, I honestly just thought it literally says the Timmy <laughs> Quinn series book one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the you, title. Well, you know, like the Roger Huntington saga, any three of those could be read separately, and you'd be fine. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's a tiny bit of a cliffhanger at the end of Summer I Died, but that's about it, you know? Other than that, it's like, okay, it's, they're all, they're all, uh, you know, self-contained. This one just left on a cliffhanger that really uh, bummed me out just due to the fact that there were so many questions left unanswered. And that would be my only low light of this book, and it's my See, fault that I, I, I thought think, of it that way. <laughs> okay, yeah, because like to me, the ending was was better. Okay, <clears throat> than like the 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 penultimate, like the the climax of the of the book. Okay, to to me, the climax of the book. I'm not going to get into what was happening, mm-hmm. right? But because, well, I will say it involves like a vision mm-hmm. right and because of like what's going on and everything that's happening all at once i found it to be a little um what's the word i'm looking for like not confusing but like it was a little unclear sometimes what was actually happening yeah yeah right and so at at that point i was just like i don't know what's uh, like it's like okay i get it <laughs> Right. And then I, I I didn't know what, you know, the, the Timmy Quinn series was going to be about. Yeah, me okay. neither. I still don't. <laughs> uh, well, see, that's what I think It's like the 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 climax, like kind of muddied it up. But then the end makes more sense to me. Like it made it actually make sense what was actually happening. Really? I was the opposite. Yeah. But. I mean, it's not I mean, that like, I'm confused as far as I'm not sure that what happens on the last page happens or if it's another like vision type thing. That's it. Yeah. And I yeah. think that that's intentional to keep people reading, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Uh, essentially, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give away a part of it. Okay. Like, the, I guess what the the overall Timmy Quinn series plot hook is. Okay. Okay. Um, here, hold on, hold elevator. on. Skip uh-huh. forward 15 seconds if you're listening and want to read it. And I would suggest, before we even get into that, I would recommend this book. So you may want to skip forward if you haven't read okay. it. But go ahead. So here's my, eleva- here's my elevator pitch. Ten-year-old mm-hmm. Constantine. And that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, and, and, and like, that to me was like, okay, I kind of I'm I'm more interested in what's going to happen now in the series. Yeah. You know, whenever the the climax was actually happening, I was just like, okay, this is cool, but it didn't have the hook yet. You yeah. know what I mean? So like you were unclear if what was going on was because of him or because of Turtle Boy. <laughs> you know, well, um, what I what I was thinking about it. Is I'm just really like a huge stickler for, and this is probably why I don't get into serials more often. Uh, I think serials in concept are awesome, um, but I like not having that piece of my mind like wondering, you know, wondering more. I just like closure to a story, and that's mm. probably why I'm much more apt to read a six issue run of a comic book than just like, yeah. Oh, I'm into the X comic book, you know? So mm-hmm. anyway, um, so I definitely get it. I just think for me, just for me, it didn't, it lost a little bit of appeal. Once I realized this is not like, this is, might just be an open-ended series. That said, yeah. what's odd about that is that's part of why I really like the summer I died or the Roger Huntington saga. But mm-hmm. I think that the execution of keeping them self-contained stories is part of why, you know, why it really appeals to me because there is closure. Well, I mean, this is basically, you know, 
the origin story. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know how self-contained the other books actually are. Because the way it seems like what they're setting up, it could be like Scooby-Doo episodes. You know, where it doesn't matter what, you know, order you're, you're reading it or anything like that. But I don't know. I haven't read any of the other ones. Yeah. But the first one, I think, has to have that sort of plot hook at the end. You know what I mean? I think Summer I Died, the Roger Huntington thing, was a little bit different because I don't know, and we I don't even know if we talked to him about this, if Ryan C. Thomas was like planning on doing a trilogy with it or a series with it. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't Like know. Summer I Died was just a book. And then it was like, hey, let's do a sequel to this book. And then it became something else. Yeah, I mean, I would I would buy that if the ending didn't end the way that it did. Like, if it just left with him leaving the farmhouse, running away, okay. But the fact that it ends with, like, you know, the guy, spoiler alert, fast forward 15 seconds, if you haven't read The Summer I Died, but because it ends with the guy holding the gun and, and firing and it being, he was like, yeah, you know, that was a test, you know? You're, yeah. you, you have this thing where you are going to be put in shitty situations but not die, <laughs> which yeah. I think is awesome. <laughs> but anyway... That'd be like the worst it's John McClane luck ever. <laughs> but anyway, all right. Well, uh, I mean, I've said about all that I know how to say. I really liked this book thematically and, and everything. Like I said, the only thing off-putting to me was the very end, and it was because of me, not because of it. You know? So, yeah. I, like most things in your life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... F- I'm going to go with a four out of five. I, I've loved it. it, it, it you know, I really yeah, loved, liked I, it. I, I will say, uh, f- going back real quick, um, I I really, really liked the description of the actual Turtle Boy. Oh, me too. Because <laughs> it was, it was kind of creepy. And for a, for a while, I wasn't sure what, like, who was the audience for this. Because up until like a point, it was fairly kid friendly, mm-hmm. you know, um, maybe like a like a a young adult goosebumps sort of thing, right? But um, the the turtle boy was great. Like the description of his mouth, it was like, uh, you know, what did it say? Like ripped stitches. And it's like, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, but, but that was really good. Um, f- for, for me, I think, uh, I don't know if, I mean, it, it definitely resonated with me, but I don't know if um, I was, I mean, I was mm, three and a half, solid three and a half is, is what I'm getting at. Well, we've talked about it before. I don't think that the, the nostalgia bent works as well on you yeah you know so but i mean i i thought it was good it was it it had some very interesting things it was written really well um the there was a let's say character substitution about halfway through the book that kind of threw me off for a second like just not not like oh who's this person but why but then, you know, you kind of figure it out, like, right then what happened, because he alludes to what's going on, like, early in the book. Um, I'll clarify that off off camera. If yeah, because I'm like, oh, I don't. <laughs> okay. Um, but I would say solid three and a half. Okay. You know, if we gave, like, half quarter star ratings, I'd probably go 3.75, but we don't. So three and a half. All right. So a four and a 3.75. <laughs> we, uh, I'd say like a 3.87 Yeah, I'm more 3.92 I rounded up to a 4 But anyway um, God, can you imagine like <laughs> Like a Like a Like that kind of scale On a review show Yeah Well, no, I can't Anyway, alright, we'll be back With our review of Uh the Belco experiment. <clears throat> 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 
Would you please remove your podcast from the internet? It doesn't help the world in any way. You don't possess those skills. What a sad life way to express yourself to your peers. Mel suggested we record a promo for Barely Living the Dream, our podcast about independent filmmaking straight from the trenches. I suggested we read some hate mail, you know, to keep us humble. This one, I this one uh, is right out here. Place sure. Now, if I, I got to get these out of the house, talk about a movie that doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> Join us as we talk about making movies and living the dream. Barely. New episodes available every couple weeks. When we aren't on set. Only on the B&E Podcast Network. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and bmoviesandebooks.com. How do you think you guys sound like total fools? All right, we're back. We're talking Belco Experiment. Um, all right, so if you're unfamiliar with this movie, which uh, it had a pretty big marketing push, I don't know why you'd be unfamiliar with it but it's basically office what are they saying on the on the previews like office space meets hunger games or some shit like that and it's that's pretty no sorry you were breaking up what i don't know if it was comedy though i mean there wasn't like that much like comedy to it no there was some funny stuff but yeah it's not really a (laughs) funny movie um but anyway, it, it has a lot of familiar faces, but not really many big name actors other than maybe Michael Rooker. And yeah. what's the other John guy? C. John C. McGinley. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that other guy that, uh, you know, the other bad guy in the movie, uh, he's a very familiar face that I can't place who he is to save my life. But anyway, um, so... <laughs> Beanie, doing our research. <laughs> but uh, For three years now. <laughs> Do what? For three years, hardcore research. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so it starts off really, really quick, right? I mean, you get a real quick introduce, an introduction to your cast of characters, and then it kicks off almost immediately with wall or shutters going up on a building and two people die or... Ten people. I, I'm. Uh, I, I was taken by surprise how quickly it actually happened. Yeah, me too. Because um, I was expecting it to be like, you know, the start of Act Two. Yeah. Or something, you know. But it was like, it was like, after the credits, it was like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Max. No, really? You think it was that short? Uh, I yeah, would say ten. ten. Yeah. Um. Let's say ten. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, it, it dives pretty much into it immediately. Um, and, uh, this is written by James Gunn and I don't know, it kind of had that James Gunn horror feel to it where it wasn't overly <laughs> comedic, but the, it, there were lighthearted moments to break up the tension, but over the, you know, for the most part, it's pretty damn tense. Um, Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I really, really thought that it was an interesting film. What about you? Uh, I I agree. Like, it was that. What was it? The like Cambridge. It, it sort of reminded me of. Was it the Cambridge Experiment or whatever? Where they got one group of students dressed up as cops and the other dressed up as prisoners. Uh huh. Like, and it was just a experiment to see how quickly. Um, people would fit into those roles assigned to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so in this one, um, you know, this disembodied voice tells everybody, you know, there's, there's 80 people in the building. Um, 20 of you was no 30 have to die. Wasn't it 30? Something like that. Yeah. It was like 30 have to die within the next, uh, two hours or whatever it was, or we'll kill 60, you know? And, it was just sort of how quickly people um, got into the self-preservation mode where mm-hmm. they'll do anything to survive. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was interesting. Um, but I don't know. There was something about this movie, and, and you're probably not going to agree with me, that kind of fell flat. No, I, I do agree. I thought I okay. liked it. Okay. I really, really liked it. And I even shot you a text saying, like, this movie rules. 
but yeah that's what i was like uh because <laughs> i didn't think so <laughs> no okay i i see where you're coming from i really really liked it for what it was i don't yeah. know that it's a good like a good movie but if someone's into horror movies this is a good way to spend 90 minutes yeah yeah now, now see the thing is like you know you say it was good for what it was i think its problem was it didn't know what it was oh really yeah, because like there, there were there were parts, you know, like you said, it's got that patented James Gunn um, semi humor going on, regardless of what's actually happening. But it, it to me never felt like, OK, is it going to be semi comedic? Is it going to be like real hardcore? Is it going to be super psychological? Like it never actually fell into one of those wheelhouses to me. Well, um, I like even the parts that were supposed to be extreme, like you, that you thought were going to be like graphic horror. Cause it, you know, um, it's people brutally murdering each other. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, it never really like showed anything, which is not a problem, you know, um, is not necessarily a, a minus, but it was like, it never crossed into that extreme violence that I was expecting it to really. It never went like, I don't know. There was just something about it that just never really connected. Well, here's what it was. What I thought was going Uh to to me. The reason I think that it probably, and for a lot of people, I think it'll fall flat. Um, There's not a plot, (laughs) not a real plot. You know, there's a, there's a premise, but yeah, it doesn't really go fully into a plot so you get a premise you get a cast of characters and it's almost as if you you introduce this premise into the sims and see what happens right <laughs> yeah. like because if it's the not, sims could brutally murder each other because it's a voice over a loudspeaker and from there you never even at the end you never fully understand like what more there is to this and you know, it's not like they were like, oh, and then, you know, this is how it works and trying to stop it. It was just like, oh, no, we got to all kill each other. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I mean, like. Even the the main character, mm-hmm. um, Mike or whatever his name was, I I never really cared. About it. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing is this. There was a couple of actually like much more compelling um, characters to me. Like that Big Head never from, actually, huh? Like Big Head from uh, Silicon Valley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's like, you know, there was a couple of other people that I thought would have been more interesting to follow. Um, but, you know, it didn't really. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. There was just like, yeah, like you said, there's there's a premise and there's that's it <laughs> you know um i don't know there's just just something about it i i will totally agree what uh, okay but there's a scene in the film uh-huh where they come up short there's several scenes in the film <laughs> Uh, they come up short on the body count and then literally just so many heads start exploding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like so many. And to me, that part made up, but that's when I text you, this movie rules. <laughs> it was based on that scene because it was just nuts. Uh, as yeah. far as that goes, but I, I won't say that it's a good movie at all, but I enjoyed it. Like to me, this goes, it wasn't, what's kind of frustrating about it is it wasn't campy enough to truly be like something that you're going to want to rewatch. So that's what I'm saying is like, there were parts that seemed like they were bordering on the absurd. Mm -hmm. Right. And they never quite got there. I loved Sean Gunn's character. The, the pothead. Yeah. (laughs) His was, his was great. Um, and yeah, he was probably like the best part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, and m- maybe uh, Doctor Cox or whatever. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> but um, but yeah, it, it just like it just never got there. 
like there there were parts bordering on camp it didn't go campy enough you know or it's like it camp is not something that you can half-ass do you know what i mean it's, it's either no camp or all camp well you know i me. think that slither like, kind of had the same tone though it wasn't overly campy like what was slither had the same tone yeah yeah, yeah. just much better plot yeah <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I mean, it actually, but, um, I don't know. And then it it feels like it could have, like, there was the opportunity to go much more psychological with it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, maybe uh, it could have focused more on, like, the emotional toll that it was having on, like, one individual person or something. And mm-hmm. I guess it kind of did that with Sean Gunn, but... Um, it might have just also been him stoned out of his mind, but uh, I don't know. There, there, there was, was a lot of oppor- <laughs> yeah. There, there was a lot of opportunity here, um, but I don't think it actually delivered there. Yeah, yeah. No, I it, given the premise, I was expecting a better movie, and I liked it, but I don't think that it was a good movie. Like it mm-hmm. kind of falls under. Hmm. No, I was gonna compare it to like Hatchet, but Hatchet's campy enough that it's it's fun. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I enjoyed it. I would. <laughs> I don't think it's essential viewing, but it's a fun way to kill time. If I saw it on Netflix, I might watch it again. Um. Yeah. I'm not gonna rent it. Um. I <laughs> again. So I don't know. But wait, wait, a l- little bit of spoiler mm-hmm. um, that Michael Rooker's in it, mm-hmm. right? He plays Merle on yeah, Walking yeah. Dead. Or, and like or Henry, he's on like, huh? I said, or Henry, what? Henry Lee Lucas, portrait of a serial killer. Or, or Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy. Or Grant Grant from Slither. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or the dad um, from All Rats. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um so so it's like he's in it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh he was on like posters and junk for it. <laughs> like like all, all over the place. Mm-hmm. Alert. He doesn't last that long. No. And I was a little upset. You know, because uh, like I I figured if anyone was going to go crazy during the movie it would be him. Mhm. <laughs> he's always typecast in those type situations yeah uh, what okay so i felt like uh the the other thing that that was frustrating about it was that like you said you know you never really were fully invested in, in the main character and for a film that pretty much all throughout it subverted your expectations on who was gonna live and who was gonna die I did appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I, I, that was one of its strengths. I can't believe yeah. that it it kept the main character as the one spoiler <laughs> that that gets out. But and and also the the very end kind of ended exactly how I was thinking. Oh yeah, no exactly. If you've seen House of Nine, it's the same ending. Like and that that frustrated me because on House of Nine, I liked it. But on this, it's like, really, you're going to do this. This is how you're going to end it. Like, I don't know. It just seemed like they phoned in a lot of it. They were like, mm-hmm. oh, this premise is going to carry it enough. And it's not that and, it wasn't bad. I mean, it's not that it's bad. It's just, it's more blah. Like, like just middle of the road, this will do. Yeah, because it, you know, like you said earlier, it's Hunger Games, right? I mean, it's Office Space or whatever. Or uh Hunger Games, that idea or Battle Royale has been done already. Yeah. You know, and it's like this didn't really add much to the um, everybody kill each other genre of movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I totally I got you. Oh, uh, there, there, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say I totally got you. There was nothing that this added to anything. But, there, there, but, for just the just the premise and the execution of it, I thought it was a fun way to spend an hour and a half. 
Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, no, I mean, it, like, it wasn't like it comes at night was a much better film, mm-hmm. but I didn't enjoy it. So I didn't, I, I, you know, it's a better film that I just didn't enjoy that much. Whereas yeah. this was not a good film that I just happened to enjoy. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. No, I mean, I get it. I mean, it was, it was a, like it was made well, you mm-hmm. know, um, but there was just, there wasn't much to it. Um, and, oh, that's what I was going to say. Um, really the main bad guy being like former military and stuff. And it's like, do you really have to go that route? You know, cause it made a mention of him being f- former special forces, uh-huh. like the, the, the main bad guy. And it's like, that was that really needed. <laughs> um, I don't know. It just seemed too on the nose. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, but there were a couple spots in it that I really, really liked. Um, the the main like the fight scene between uh mike and the main bad guy whenever they actually fight it's not like it was a great choreographed scene or anything like that but um the there there's a like a corporate powerpoint playing behind them mm-hmm. right while they're fighting and it's like describing what's going on in their situation, you know, and it, it was just, but like in corporate terms, you know, yeah. um, I thought that was really funny. Um, you know, we already mentioned Sean Gunn's character. Uh, like there, there's some, there's some really good parts in it. It's just on the whole, it fell flat for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And, and the whole time, the whole time I thought there was a plant. Like I thought there was going to be someone on the inside that was in on it. Yeah. You know why you thought that? Because that's how you advance a plot. (laughs) 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 I I thought the same thing too. It was like, okay, the the dude I couldn't think of, it's Tony Goldwyn. And I, I was, uh, I assumed he or the main character, it would have been interesting if the main character was in on it. Right. That's exactly what I thought. Like, cause at first I was like, oh man, this dude, Barry, the boss, I was like, he's in on this. I can tell. Right. And then like, as the movie went on, I'm like, holy shit, Mike's in on it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like just a- and, and I even thought maybe they're both in on it and it's sort of like a team game. Yeah. Like whose team will win. Right. And, and honestly, I mean, I'm not a screenwriter, but I think that would have been a good twist on the, on the whole thing, you know? Um, but it's interesting that you thought the same thing. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think that that would have been cool. Or if it comes down to them during the fight, even a cooler ending, whenever it's down to just those two and they're fighting, if he w- would have like somehow just been like, you know, call it off. The good guy would have said yeah. that. And like all of a sudden just psh, it comes up and they're like, you know, hey, we were worried about you, but blah, blah, blah. You've shown yeah, your exactly. commitment to the company. You know, so, like that would have been cool. But no, they didn't do that. Yeah, like it was all it was all like between them two for a promotion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. Sort of but yeah, I mean the whole time I was waiting for a reveal like that and then it didn't happen. Yeah. Spoiler alert. No, I yeah. So I mean I, I think I liked it more than you did. Um probably. Because I will legitimately say that this film earns a two and a half, but I'm gonna give it mm-hmm. a three. I liked it. See, I I was actually still going to give it a three anyway. I mean, it was, it was, it wasn't a bad movie. It just wasn't what I wanted from it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, uh, expectations color things too much. Mm -hmm. You know? And so it's the whole time. If I'm sitting here expecting something to happen and it doesn't, whose fault is that really? Yeah. I got you. It's James Gunn's fault. That's <laughs> it's always it his fault. Whether <laughs> it's or not. always James Gunn's fault. No, I mean, that's but, exactly what happened with me and Turtle Boy. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, so it's like, I'd say, yeah, I mean, it's probably a three. Yeah. So, all not right, great. Well, but, well, I guess I'm good. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we'll be back next episode with our three year spectacular. So, which is probably just going to be us watching a movie. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be the same thing happening this week. But but maybe guest stars. Yeah. 
Probably not, though. So we'll see. We'll, the... we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. I still say clip show. <laughs> Dude, I'm not going to go clip a bunch clip of stuff. show on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of like, you know, like just a bunch of out of context sentences, you know? That's kind of what this <laughs> just... is anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see y'all then. This is Wolfman Jack. You've been listening to B-Movies and E-Books. And you can check out these crazy cats every two weeks or so on iTunes, Stitcher, and I don't know other places. So anyway, leave them a five-star review. Also, check them out on Twitter at BNEPod. And subscribe to the B&E Master Feed if you're a fan and you're a real cool daddy. The podcast you just heard is part of the B&E Network. Brought to you by BMovies and eBooks.com.